Hello and welcome to our very first episode of Happily Ma Married Murder and Mayhem, right? Yes. Did I get that right? Yes, yes, you did. You did got it right. Okay. So today we're talking about the murder part. Yes. We're going to be talking about Scott Peterson. And Lacey Peterson. And Lacey Peterson. And their unborn child, Connor. Yes. And it may seem weird that this is, this This happened what? When did this all happen? 2003? 2003, yeah. 2003 is where all this was going on. And it may seem weird that we're bringing it up now, but there's actually a reason and a new, supposed new evidence that is causing the LA, what, what do they call themselves? The LA uh, Innocence Program yeah, to innocent. actually be taking on the case, claiming, as apparently Scott has been claiming the entire time, that he is innocent. And they supposedly have new evidence that could actually acquit him of the charges or prove that he was innocent. Right. Now, coming from me, uh, in 2003, I was, what, 17, 16, 17? Yeah, I think I was still in diapers. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Just kidding. I was, I was still in high school. <laughs> I was fully invested in this case because it was from Modesto. It was local. Like, I was intrigued. And to me, from what I saw, it was an open and shut case. Like, he, they had the perfect marriage. Then it came out that he cheated and he killed her. He offed her and the child to rid himself of that and to live happily with this other Frey girl. Yeah. And I had zero knowledge about any of it. I knew the name. Like when she brought it up to me, she's like, oh, how'd you hear about this? And I was like, I, I feel like I, I, the name sounds familiar. That's the best I can give you. So I have zero idea about any of it. And um, I was like, how could you not know this? Like, no, this is like, like he is the Jeffrey Dahmer guy who Vanessa. like, yeah, persuaded his like killed his wife i mean i know it's not the same like he wasn't a serial killer but he i mean who knows he might be <laughs> but the point is he's not listed as a serial killer and he killed his unborn child and his wife. his wife and you were like what so we we started reading the background of the story and you to me it sounds a lot like it's like although he sounds like a a shitty person honestly <laughs> like, it does like, a lot of the stuff that they talked about, but it a lot of the evidence they seem to show, throw out it, throw at him seems very circumstantial. Like, in our court, it feels like, to me, it shouldn't have held up. All of it shows that he was shitty, and there could have been doubt, but also there could have been doubt that he didn't do it. From what we've heard so far, we stopped reading because we wanted to find out more together. Mm -hmm. So we are going to look But also, more into it. I still wholeheartedly, although some of it you are claiming are, is circumstantial, I still wholeheartedly believe that he went and killed his wife that day. Yes. Wholeheartedly, with, without a shadow of a doubt. There's too much, like, bad, dumb luck for it not to be that case. Yeah. And I will say, from what I've heard, mm -hmm. from what we've talked about, uh, I am leaning more towards the it sounds like he did it. From the way he acted and certain things like that. But I've been yet to be shown through what we've been reading any actual evidence of like, yeah, we okay. found the body at some point. Here's footage of him doing it. Here's some concrete evidence that he definitely did it. Like there was blood in his boat or... Well, okay, but speaking of concrete, concrete was found because he had made an anchor. And then he claimed that the oh. rest of it was used for his... True. Drive port. Well, let's... I remember talking about that, and I have comments about that, but let's jump into a little of the background, talk about who they were, how they got together a little, and then really jump into what we know or what we've read through and found out about the case, what kind of people think led to it, what went on during that time, because 
Yeah, I remember the concrete. Mm-hmm. You remember me talking about yeah. that? But they so, apparently never found anything else about the concrete. Right. So Lacey was born on May 4th, 1975. Scott, her husband, was born October 24th, 1972. They met so at three a bar. three years older. Bar. <laughs> what? Just like us. Right. Well, well, yeah, four, yeah, whatever. Four, five, ten. How many? <laughs> Shut up. Just kidding. They met at a bar that Scott worked at and mm-hmm. while they were in college at Mara's Bar. Okay. And Lacey frequented that because she had friends there. And she was seen telling her parents that she had met the man that she was going to spend the rest of her life with. And that was Scott. And that was Scott. Which, yeah, which brings to me... <laughs> I mean, she did. Oh, God. Sorry. Dark. That is dark humor. <laughs> but which it brings to me the perspective of, like, when I met you, I knew. Yeah. Like, there was no doubt you were the... One I was going to spend the rest of my life with. I mean, obviously. So, so then I think of it like us. Like, we're the perfect marriage. And I, I start to think about, like, how I would react and how you would react. And that'll come into play later. But that's what got me so intrigued with the story now. So they met. Yes, they got, they got married. Married. Uh, his He was still in uh, college. She had graduated. They stayed in San Diego for a while, but then moved to Modesto to be with her family. And we found out, they found out after the fact that he... Had had an affair. Yes. While before they had moved back to Modesto with the family. Right. I don't know. Did the, she know that's, about the affair? We, we don't know. If we don't she know. Knew. That's right. So yeah, from we what don't. we've known, we don't know if she knew about that, and that's why they moved, or if they were just like, well, let's be close to my family, and he's like, yeah, let's go for it. Right. So they moved back. Yes, and then Lacey found out she was pregnant and due February tenth, two thousand and three. Yes. And this disappearance tragedy takes place in December of 2022. December right? 24th, Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. All right, walk me through the morning. Give me, give me a breakdown. Let's let's see what went on that morning a little bit. Getting okay. Well, before I'm gonna talk about the night before really quick. He went to her sister's salon to get her haircut, like he did every single month. Oh my god, is he cheating with his sister too? No. They went home. They went to bed. And the next morning, he went out to go fishing, and he had remembered seeing her about 9.30 in the morning, told her to have a good day. She had set her whole plan out and had totally informed him of what her entire run day was going to be, which was watch this Martha Stewart episode about meringue, and then she was going to... Make a meringue. Mop, no, she was going to mop, make cookies, oh, and take cookies. the dog for a walk to the local park. True. And, and she was seven and a half months pregnant at this so, time. And he's saying that he told her at 9 a.m. 9.30, yeah. 9.30 that he was going to go fishing. Sturgeon fishing, yeah. Okay, I don't know. I don't know fishing. I just remember as a kid, the couple times I went fishing, you left at the butt crack of dawn yep. to go fishing. Yep. Not nine in the morning. Driving. So mm-hmm. what, he drove 90 miles away? 90 miles away to Berkeley. To go fishing. So supposedly he went fishing all day. Mm-hmm. And they claimed that they had found the dog. I can't remember the dog's name now. Doggy. No. Rover. Rover. <laughs> Rover. No, it was it was a golden retriever. Mackenzie. Okay. Mackenzie. Mackenzie was found at ten thirty, and the person put them back into the the fence. The neighbor that found right, the, the dog. The neighbor found it. Right. And the dog had a leash. No, so it wasn't said there. Then later she testified that she had found the dog about 1018 and then had returned it about 1030, right? Yeah. But another neighbor, Mike, said he saw Mackenzie at 1045 as he was playing fetch with his dog. 
And Kenzie rolled up like, yo, what's up? Let's mm-hmm. play. Yeah, at 10.45. But mm-hmm. the other girl claimed that she had put him in at 10.30. So potentially now Mackenzie's gotten out twice. Right. But then an unknown neighbor, um, as witnessed by the Modesto B, said that they had found the dog with a muddy leash wandering the neighborhood and that that neighbor had put the dog in the Peterson's backyard. But didn't observe that there was any foul play or anything going on at the place. Now, as a neighbor, I'm... Very vigilant of a neighbor. Like, I care about my neighbors a lot. So, like, if I see my seven-month-old, you know, seven-month pregnant woman leave the house and I find their dog with the leash, I'm instantly going to call the police. I'm instantly going to think that they are hurt. Something is wrong. Why is their dog off? You know, why is the dog running by itself? We need to investigate this. And if they know the dog well enough to know where it goes right away, then they definitely know her to be pregnant. So I get that they're like, oh, well, it just seemed normal. Like, the dog got out. I put the dog away. But, like, I don't know, something about it. Someone was walking it. Yeah, why would somebody not suspect? I I don't know. That seems like they, I would have brought a red flag in my mind. And, of course, the difference. probably came up and told you, like, hey, babe, should we check on them or call? Right. Like, I mean, at least call and just be like, hey, you doing okay? Like, your dog got out, heads up, or knock on the door. And then which claim is true and which claim is lying. Right. Because there's no way. They literally all cross paths over time. One time the dog didn't have a leash. There was nothing to worry about. Another time the dog did have a leash. It was muddy. And then so-and-so saw the dog at 1045 after this lady claimed she'd put the dog away at 1030. And I get your, you know your neighbor. You know this dog belongs to that house. But I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I've returned several missing dogs or dogs that got out. And I've never once returned it to the backyard and just walked away. Never. I've always knocked on the door. And mm-hmm. supposedly none of these people did that. None of these none people of thought... I need to let them know, hey, heads up, your dog got out. Like, oh, you must have left the gate open, or maybe there's a hole the dog got out of or somehow jumped over the fence. I, I've i never returned a dog and not tried to bring it up to the people's attention. Like, hey, heads up, your dog got out. Yeah, to me, the neighbors seemed fishy. Like, that seems that weird. That was weird in itself. But maybe for whatever reason, they did not like talking to them. Maybe they maybe like, they've I got know a this weird dog, vibe. but I don't like these people. Yeah. Who knows? And then so nothing else happened throughout the day. Scott left if there's the animals message. involved, we are going to dig in deep on these animals because we love animals. Seriously. <laughs> I just realized we went on like a big ass rant about dogs and I'm just like, I mean, it, you make sure that dog is okay. Exactly. Right? But that's just doesn't like, even this aspect of being like a huge animal lover, like I am literally going to sit outside your house for five hours until you open the door to let your dog in the house. Like not everybody's like that, but you're still going to ensure that you, you know, there's still that friendly neighborhood connection. So I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't make that sense didn't feel to, right me. to us. But then at two fifteen PM, Scott left a message to Lacey stating, Hey, beautiful. Uh, it's two fifteen, and I'm leaving. Uh, I'm leaving uh, Berkeley. Okay. What throws me off about that yes. call is he left a timestamp. It's automatically going to tell you on the voice message what time that person called. So why the timestamp? Why the extra need to say, I'm just now leaving Berkeley at 2.15? I mean, it was 2003 voicemails, though. It doesn't matter. I mean, it still had There time was stamps. times where, I, I know, but I can almost guarantee there's times where I'd call up like, hey, it's about like 3 o'clock, just letting you know this. And like, that way they know like, okay, when I get this call later, I'm being told exactly what time it is. I don't have to search through it. So, I mean, there's that part to me. The part that gets me is he went sturgeon fishing. At left around 9.30 or so, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Drove 90 miles, which is probably like an hour and a half, mm-hmm. which would get him there around maybe 11. Yeah. And then already by then, and then you have to get ready, get out on the boat, and then literally you're already back and leaving by 2.15. Mm-hmm. Like that's only like a couple, maybe like two hours of fishing. 
And I don't know, to me, I feel like when you're going fishing, you're gone all day. Again, you leave at the butt crack of dawn and you don't come back till evening, afternoon. You know what I mean? So yeah. that to me, that time frame seems a little weird. Like that doesn't seem like long enough to be fishing. Right. But again, I'm not a fisher. Who knows? So Scott comes home. Mm-hmm. He notices his wife's not there. Mm-hmm. He decides to go upstairs, change his clothes, wash his clothes, and take a shower. And then he goes and knocks on a neighbor's door and asks if, hey, have you seen Lacey? Like, has anyone seen Lacey? Then he also claims at that same time that he calls Lacey's mom to mention it to her and ask, like, hey, is Lacey with you? And now that mother, Sharon, she doesn't remember that at all. She does remember him calling later and saying that she was missing. And instantly the mom got on the phone and so did the stepdad. And they reported her as a missing person to police. And then it also stated later that one of her relatives had said that he had talked about being gone playing golfing instead of fishing. Fishing. But which I mean is what you would say if you just dumped your wife's body in a freaking river and you don't want anyone else to know. You don't want anyone to know you're near water. Exactly. And then if you notice, he said, "I'm leaving Berkeley." He didn't say like I went fishing. He just said, "I'm leaving Berkeley." So he could easily be like, oh, I was just golfing in Berkeley. You know what I mean? True. Like, it just seems, I don't know. If you're going to be so specific about the time stamp necessity, then why wouldn't you also state what you were doing? True. Hey, I just finished fishing. It's about 2.15. I'm heading home. Just got back from the boat or something. Mm -hmm. I mean, do we we know if that was the exact recorded message? That's it. Or if that's what what it says. Okay. It's the exact recorded message was, hey, beautiful, I'm leaving Berkeley. It's 2.15. I'm leaving Berkeley. The other thing that gets me, so he gets back, mm-hmm. he notices she's gone, calls out for her, I'm guessing, but sees the car, right? She has her own vehicle. He would see the car there. Yeah. But not her. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like that would be a Oh, little... he did mention also that he saw the dog in the backyard. Okay. So the dog was returned to the backyard. So maybe, like, I don't know. I don't... Trying to think of maybe just think she's at the neighbors. Like, we don't know the rapport they have with the neighbors. Maybe some other family. So, I guess I could understand being, like, not as concerned. Like, oh, it's a little weird that she didn't contact me, but okay. But why throw your clothes in the wash, take a shower, and then come out and be like, okay, well, maybe now I should start going looking for my wife. Right? Exactly. At seven months pregnant. Yeah. And, I mean, if he called to her, potentially we know that means he probably had a cell phone. Yeah. So, if he had a cell phone, and he called the house phone, like, wouldn't she maybe have a cell phone? Like, why wouldn't he try that? Like, we don't know or if did he tried... he? Yeah. Call her cell phone. Did he that's... call her cell phone? I don't know. Did he call did the house phone Did she leave a note? And we just, he just... I just what? assumed that he called the cell phone. Like, I assumed they both had cell phones. Right? I don't know. So, don't it could have been... 2003, did, did... I think we still had house phones at times. Maybe. Fuck. So, at the time of her disappearance, Whoa. Lacey was... <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) Seriously. Lacey was seven and a half months pregnant. Her due date was February 10th of 2003. I almost said 2023. (laughs) 2003. Yes. Right? So now it's investigation. At first, police didn't see any concern. It was just a missing person. And then um, when he states that Lacey's, or the police find Lacey's keys, wallet, sunglasses inside of her purse in the closet... Um, they start to suspect Scott, uh, first time right off the bat after meeting him. Yeah. Okay. So weirdly, they don't specify a phone in her purse. No. 
They don't. And they actually specify what's in her purse. Yeah. And there is no... Because those are the things that you would leave with at that time. Right. Your keys, your wallet, and your sunglasses. And what rubbed the police officers so wrong was he seemed very cold, very arrogant, and very irritated that they were there. Instead of being... Like in like his seven months pregnant with his with his child. Even if you hate your wife, she's seven months pregnant with your with your spawn. Like you care, you know what I mean? I don't know. I just I mean it's his spawn. (laughs) It just it makes me so crotch goblin exactly. But it makes me so sad that like you you didn't even care about Connor. Like I would be so scared. I'd be terrified to find out that you and Rosalie left for the day. Yeah, and now you're missing, and I can't find Rosalie. Like I would be. I would not be able to tell you what was playing on the television when you when I left. Yeah. I can tell or, you that right now. Okay, but maybe you could. Like, there are some people who say, like, when something like that happens, that day, like, burns into their brain and, like, you start to think, like, okay, what did I miss? Did I see something? What were they doing? What were they supposed to do? Here's this. Right. So, with that aspect, but wouldn't you would, ask for somebody's card? And, and be like, can I have your card? Like, exactly. Yeah, that's so, true. you can't play both, both, like... I'm detailed, like, I need to find out where my wife is, and then also play the, like, coy, like, get the fuck out of my house, I'm done with you bullshit. Yeah. And then, and later you find out that right after her disappearance, he goes and subscribes to two porn televisions, or two porn subscriptions, because, I mean, your wife ain't around, you gotta get it off somehow, right? And he trades her car in for a truck. And so contacts a realtor to sell the house. And his reasoning is, I don't want Lacey to have to come back here. Why? So at There what was point, no foul play. When do we find the bodies, though? Like, what's our time frame of, like, how long is she missing before we know for sure she's dead? So, okay, well, before okay, we get there. Here's my theory. Here's my thought no, no, behind but, it. But before we get there, you have to know that yeah. her family was 100% behind Scott. They were like, you don't understand. They have the perfect marriage. Nothing's going on. And then on January 17th, the police come forward and let them know that Scott had engaged in a... Affair. Affair. And I think it's... With a certain uh, Frey, right? Right, Frey. uh, Amber Frey. But then apparently on January 24th, Sharon, Ron, and Lacey's brother Brent come forward and withdraw their support to Scott. They're like, you're cheating on our daughter. They no and longer. And she's missing. Fuck you. What did you do? They, yeah, they no longer trust Scott. They no longer say that they believe he's innocent. Dang. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of valid. Like, that, the moment you find that out, you instantly start to become a little bit more sus of like, okay, why, you know, at first you're maybe trying to give him the benefit of doubt. Oh, he's just in shock. He just missed her so much. That's why he's being so weird. And then you're like, you're, you're seeing somebody else. Whoa. And apparently, Brent later, which is the brother, later released in a press conference that Scott had admitted to him during a January 16th conversation that he had been in an affair with a woman in Fresno, but was no longer in communication with them. Oh. So that's after they were told. Or no, just before they were told? Right. This was back in January 16th, so they were told on the 15th. Oh, wow. So, so the day after, he, he's, like, confirmed it. Yeah, that's yeah. right, I was. But I'm no longer in contact with her. So trying to maybe imply, like, you know, that was a thing. We may have already oh, no, dealt he, with it. So he was no longer in connection with the Rocha family. Her family. Oh, okay. So Modesto Police and Firefighters carried out an extensive search 
all alongside Dry Creek the day after her disappearance. Okay. And they did that location because that's where he was, right? Or something? Yeah. Why did they? Okay. So apparently also they included helicopter helicopter that it was equipped with searchlights, police on mounted horseback and bike. And at first I turned my nose up to that, but they're... It's weird terrain, so you you wouldn't be able to take a car. That's and then true. they also had um, Godiva dogs. Okay, like searching, smelling out dead bodies. Yes, and, and a water rescue raft. Cool. So a total of so they... thirty police officers were involved in this search, as well as Lacey's entire family and hundreds of volunteers, because this made nationwide news. Yeah. So they had a good amount. It wasn't like a half-assed search. It wasn't like, a, At all. Uh, well, we had some people walk the grounds and didn't find nothing. Right. They had helicopters. They had people on rafts. They had people horsing around, biking around, a bunch of volunteers searching around. Right. And the police believed wholeheartedly that she did not just up and leave her without any without reason of contacting her family. Yeah. At this point. No contact, no wallet, no sunglasses, keys, none of that. She just supposedly disappeared that far away from her house while seven months pregnant. Right. They're like, something had to have happened. Somebody had to have picked her up or something. Right. Exactly. They said this is completely out of character for Lacey. Her immediate family would have been contacted and so would her friends. They also felt it was 100% out of character. So for the first two days, up to 900 people were involved in looking for Lacey before the community uh, police directly participated in the search. Prior to... The media uh, coverage, eventually the story was attached nationwide. Dang. So they started their, like, find Lacey alive, LaceyPeterson.com site and all of that. There was a reward for $25,000, which was later increased to $250,000, and then ended with a total of $500,000 for the whereabouts of Lacey's safe return. Where do they get the money for these things? I mean, I don't think they were poor. They were both... Like, they they all owned businesses. Okay. And in 2003, like, the housing market was low. <laughs> Food prices were low. Yeah. You know, like, you could live a normal life. I think he made $5,000 a month. Dang. So, they were well endowed. Yeah. Um, But again, none of this money came from him. He was not part of any of this. Oh, he so he wasn't helping with the... He did not show up to the visual. He didn't visual. He did not show up to the search. He was, like... Well, they shouldn't... They ghosted. Okay, but they didn't have a visual yet at all because they still was hoping she was alive somewhere else. Right, 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 right. but I'm just saying, like, in the the future, future. he doesn't show up to that either. And then didn't the girlfriend or the the affair girl, Frey, she tried to, like, reach out to him and, like, get a confession from him, right, or something? Yes, she agreed to the police that she would do it, but we haven't gotten to what was said during that recording. Sorry, I was just like... No, that's okay. I remember that part. It just clicked back and I was like, oh, shit, did they try to, like, sting him? And then, again, the the website was launched by her friend's husband. Yeah, not even him. Not even again, him. Again, he was no. zero involvement in trying to set up and then they, any sort of They set up a, a Red Lion parties. hotel to record developments and help circulate over uh, information to over 1,500 volunteers had signed Damn. up to help find her. So that obviously did not end well. No, they didn't um, find her. On April 13th, 2003, a couple had been walking their dog and found a decomposed body of a full-term male infant in the marshy areas of the San Francisco Bay Shores in Richmond Point Isabel Regional Shoreline Park. Oh, that's a mouthful. Yes. 
And April 24th, ABC News reported stating that his umbilical cord was still attached. So that's like four months. Yeah. January, February, March, and then into April. And she should have had her baby February 20th. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's a long time. Right? But if they found like, so they found they were able to tell it was a full term male. Yes. And if she was gone or killed and again, that the, early on. The thing is, like, the umbilical cord was supposedly still attached. Yeah. The San Francisco Chronicle reported that it had been torn rather than clamped and cut like you would in a hospital or normal birthing situation. Which very badly could have been something tearing at it. Yes, but then ABC News had later reported on May 30th that according to the autopsy, the placenta and umbilical cord were not found with the body. So again, it's this circumstantial evidence. Like, where did that... The people saw the umbilical cord, so where did that go? I mean, maybe it was just a chunk of umbilical cord. Maybe. Um, then one day later, like 24 hours later, a passerby found the body of a recently pregnant woman washed up on the eastern rocky side of the bay. One mile away from where the baby's body had been found. The corpse was decomposed to a point of being almost unrecognizable as a human body. The woman was decapitated. Her limbs were missing, including most of her leg. On April 18th, 2003, the results of the DNA test verified that it was in fact Lacey and her unborn child, Connor. Wow. And they were found washed up. Washed up on the shore in San Francisco. But it doesn't say anything about water damage. Just decomposed. Yeah. And it says the autopsies on both were performed by a forensic pathologist, Brian Peterson. No relation to the Peterson family. Uh, The fetus's skin was not decomposed at all. Though the right side of his body had been mutilated. And although a judge sealed the autopsies later, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming because of the graphicness of it, I'm assuming, I don't know, 1.5 loops of nylon tape were found around the fetus's neck and there was a significant cut on the fetus's body yeah the exact cause of death for Lacey never determined yeah because there wasn't like enough of the body to find that out probably they say her cervix was fully intact and that she had suffered two cracked ribs but the pathologist was not able to determine whether that was before or after her death Her upper torso had been emptied of all eternal organs except for her uterus, which had protected the fetus. Yeah. Explaining the lower level of decomposition he experienced, he concluded that the fetus had died in utero. Okay, so it didn't even, it didn't get out. Right, because he found that he hadn't had his first bowel movement. His first bowel movement was still within his organs. Yeah. So, dumped at sea, mm-hmm. baby still inside, mm-hmm. baby eventually, I'm, 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 I'm assuming through the decomposition, makes its way out, and that's why it doesn't look as bad, because it was preserved inside the body. Yeah, I mean, a woman's body can do crazy things, so I'm assuming that they can protect, Yeah. even if the fetus is dead, protect it. And then eventually it got out, went out, but then... I don't, I don't know, know enough so about did, it, they, but where well, did the nylon tape come from? Right, that I don't. I mean, that very well could have been like that happens to fish all the time. 
turtles. Okay. So it very well could have been like in floating through the water and like during like San Francisco area. Which that might be why they be like sealed the autopsy report because they didn't want any speculation of that to come up. When yeah. It could have very well been. Like they just found like, oh, it's probably just trash as it was floating through the water. Goodness and... gracious. Okay. Keep going. Keep okay. going. So. Because I, w- I want to know how, what they, how they think it, the body got to this point. Cause... Well, I think at this point they don't know. I mean, Their only thought is that went out Scott went out that day and, like, th- threw an anchor in and drove off. Okay, so that's so they think that he... Okay, I mean, it hasn't it. been said yet, but yes, that's what they thought at okay. the time. <clears throat> the discovery of the bodies created a sense of urgency for the police officers, obviously. Like, you've found the body. If you are the person who did this, you're going to fucking run. Yeah. This is like, okay, shit, you know, they didn't stay where I wanted them to, or, you know, or potentially you dumped it and you're like, cool, I'm f- I'm done with the bodies now, here you go, bye. Right. And, but yeah, once you find the body, you now know it's no longer a missing person, it is a confirmed murder or death, so now it's like, oh, okay, now we need to figure out how this happened and quick before. Right, and at the time I think he was in again. San Diego with his family, not in Modesto anymore, so... San Diego is right next to Tijuana, so their biggest concern is probably the fact that he's going to bail and get out of the country. Okay. I mean, that's very valid to think. Like, if you're going to go somewhere, that's pretty dang close to getting out of there. Right, exactly. So, with that speculation, the FBI and the Modesto PD um, perform a forensic search of Peterson's house, which I don't know why that wasn't done before. Or prior to, since that was I mean, the last location she would have been seen. But they probably didn't do forensic search. They were probably just like, okay, well, let's, you know, we didn't see any foul play. Like, keep moving. They didn't find any major evidence. But now that they know she's dead, they're like, okay, well, shit, let's see if there's any blood splatters. Let's see if there's any, like... But, like, I feel like that should here. be the first thing you did. Like, was there a hidden, like, struggle at the house? True. But, I mean, again, if they don't think she's dead, why search for blood? I guess so. So, they used microbial, I think is what it's called, DNA. Microbial? Microbial? I don't know. Um, On a hair. Mitochondrial. Mitochondrial DNA. Tested a hair on the pillars found in Scott's fishing boat. Oh. That linked the hair to Lacey's hairbrush. Okay, so they found Lacey's hair on his boat. Right. Okay, but like, how how long have they had the boat? Because I mean, I'm sure there's. If I had a boat, if I bought a boat, I'd be like, "Babe, come check out my boat." You know what I mean? But you're seven and a half months pregnant. Are you gonna hop on a boat? Are you gonna actually physically get on the boat? It depends. I'm, I'm not. Gonna show you off, like, babe. Oh my God. I'm telling your ass right now. I am not hopping my, oh my God, bad so ass on a boat. I'm seven and a half months pregnant. I am barely leaving the couch if I have the option to barely leave the couch. I mean, but clearly she was leaving couches and walking dogs yeah. at seven months pregnant. I mean, like, that's, good for but her, but... Walking a dog and, and traveling to a warehouse to look at a boat. That's true. And was the boat near them or was the boat in Berkeley where he was fishing? So, I don't know. It says authorities searched Scott's pickup truck, toolbox, warehouse, and boat. He had a warehouse? I guess maybe where he stores them. So there is where they found a homemade anchor. Okay. In the boat. That's Scott purchased two weeks earlier. So this is a new boat. Oh. 
Scott told the detective that he made the anchor in his boat using 90-pound bags of cement. Why didn't he just... If you could buy a boat, why not just buy an anchor? And then he... Right? And then he used the rest of the bag to repair his driveway. Okay. I mean, I guess you didn't need all of it, so... Okay. You need some repairments done. Okay. That all's fine. Thank you. So, going. Detective Henry testified that he found cement-like substance on the wood bed of the boat and trailer where he had searched Scott's warehouse on December 27th. So, so in the past one... Three the, days. After she, the disappearance. Yeah. He pointed out that he said there were five circular areas on the trailer that had less powder than other areas of the trailer. And he also found a dustpan surrounded by white powder and a sledgehammer. Okay, but all that seems like that could fit to, to doing some concrete work. Like, if you, especially if you had to fix your your uh, driveway or whatever, whatever you're fixing. Yeah, yeah. Like, you might break up a little more so it's an easier pour or fix than, you know, so you beat it a little bit and pour it on top. And so, so but, Okay, none of this seems sus yet to me. But Continue. the prosecutors themselves believed... That he made the five anchors and used four of them to sink Lacey's body into the San Francisco Bay. Whoa. That's some so accusations. That's what they believed. Okay. Um, After Scott was arrested, the police conducted further searches in the bay to attempt to find those anchors. Yeah. But nothing was ever found. Okay, so they don't actually have proof right. that that's what he did. That's just their idea. Again, it's just a theory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but a, a theory that they believed. A murder theory. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. I know, I thought you giggled and I was like, oh my God, I know exactly what I was thinking of. Um, so Scott was arrested on April 18th, 2003. He was near the La Jolly golf course where he had was said to be meeting his father and brother. Um, his natural brown hair that he had mm-hmm. was now dyed blonde. That's us. His Mercedes was overstuffed with miscellaneous stuff. We're talking camping gear, extra pairs of clothes, $15,000 in cash. Damn. What was their excuse behind it? Or what was his excuse behind it? Because, I mean, clearly, you know. <laughs> Several changes of clothes, four cell phones, and two forms of ID. One being Scott's and one being his brother's. Okay. He claimed that he had his brother's ID to use it as a discount on a golf course the day prior day. Oh, and then there was 12 pills of Viagra. Also. Maybe that's why he has the four phones, one for each girl that he's... <laughs> but okay, all this sounds bad. Sounds super fucked up because at the time your wife sounds is Sounds so... bad. No, that's what I mean. Like, it's all bad. Like, right? Like She's it's... not still missing. They've now found her dead. Okay. And he's still golfing. Yeah, that's true. But none of it technically is full evidence that he did it. Just that he's a shitty, shitty person. Yeah, I mean, that's so, your perspective. <laughs> I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. But, like, in court, technically, I know. if they don't have proper evidence that says, sure, this is what he did afterwards, yeah, doesn't that sound like he would have done it? Sure, but where's the actual, like, blood? Where's the murder? Like, it, and, I don't know, the way they say decapitated and missing limbs, like... And sledgehammer? Yeah, like, that would have been a very gruesome scene so where's all the blood not if it was done in the water i mean but how would you be able to i don't know because to my knowledge they didn't check the boat for blood that's true i guess 
Okay, keep reading. Maybe they do, and then we don't know yet. She he used her as chum. Maybe or bait. I like where did the other limbs go? I don't know. So Fish. yeah, I Ate mean them, that's maybe. very very much still possible. So on April twenty first, two thousand and three, uh, Scott was arraigned with the Stanislaus County Supreme Court, but the judge at the time, um, Nancy Ashley, had convicted him of, he was charged, not convicted, of two felonies and of murder with premeditation and special circumstances. Because the baby was still inside. And... Now, he pleaded not guilty. Okay. So the judge, Al Gromani of the Gromani, Stanislaus County Courts, yeah. He decided to move the trial to San Mateo because he felt that people in the Stanislaus County had already convicted Scott. Like, he was not yeah. going to get a fair trial. They were like... He, that yeah. man was dead. I'm, I'm sure they probably, like, looked into a couple people or, like, asked, like, jurors or whatever, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, I heard about that. That dude definitely murdered his wife. And they're like, well, crap, we can't. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's not a fair trial if everyone's coming into it like, oh, yeah, no, he did it. He did it. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I understand them moving it to try and give a better fair trial. But... And again, from the outside, looking at it from the TV shows, that man was fucking guilty. There was oh, I'm no sure way. the news made it extremely like, like this guy did it. Like, look and at finding how he did someone it. who didn't know about the case and was going to have like a no objective, like viewpoint, it would be so slim to none. Especially since it went international. It went yeah. It went international. I was gonna say yeah. I had no idea about it, but I was also. I mean yeah. Well, 10, 12, 13. Listen, <laughs> let's not talk about age. <laughs> Um, before his arraignment, Peterson had been represented by Kirk, a veteran criminal attorney in Modesto, and then the chief deputy public defender, Kent Hockner, who had been assigned the case. Peter later indicated that he could afford his own private attorney and went with Mark Guerreros. Sorry if I messed your name up. <laughs> um, who had been another high-profile defender in criminal justice so like if you feel you didn't do anything wrong i mean i guess that's the stupid thing that people make like i'm innocent i'm not gonna get a lawyer and he lawyered up so it doesn't make him guilty and i mean like you're like okay like i'm gonna go with someone who you know i have to pay a little extra to make sure he's actually going through everything he can to prove it for me and not just like oh well sorry they had pretty good evidence against you like yeah good luck on your own like yeah so i mean as bad as it is, I it, they definitely say it's always smarter to, even if you're innocent, to lawyer up. Because, now, do you remember Frey? Yes. The okay. the the, the, uh, the last affair. Yes. She was the prosecutor's witness. She hired her own attorney to represent oh. her. Interesting. Now, even though she's not on trial at she's all. She's not on trial, but she hired herself an attorney. To be like, all right, what can I say? What can't I say? What can incriminate me and what can't? Exactly. But you oh. won't know because, you know, client privilege. Yeah. So on January 23rd, 2004, one of the jurors from the case was dismissed by the judge because he spent two hours in the chamber with him questioning the jurors to make sure that they were non-biased. No. Yeah. And then on um, due to his June 21st interview, um, the juror was then had been recorded on video speaking to Lacey's brother, Brent. Oh, dang. So, like, okay, you know some people in the family. Like, even even for a little bit, like, sorry, get out. Even though initially the judge had stated that that was not warrant enough to remove so that him means from probably the case. he found out something more in, in the interview. Like, talking to him more, he was like, oh, okay, you got to know the guy. 
Like, yeah, you know what? You, you're seeming impartial, but because you do have that history, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and... Yeah, It just, wasn't just a quick, like, oh, yeah, I ran in and bumped into him. And it was like, oh, my God, yeah, you're Lacey... You're Lacey yeah, brother. he further later stated like, that his girlfriend and other people had talked to him about the case and... Yeah, he, he's like, okay, yeah, sorry, he gets to go. Mm-hmm. Okay, what do we got? So prosecutors said in the opening statement that Scott had killed his wife because he was having an affair with Frey, which, mind you, had only been on four dates. Yes. And that the um, Scott's behavior the days before and after his wife's disappearance of missing included telling others he was going golfing and asking police if they had Godiver dogs to investigate the park in which Lacey was supposed to be walking her dog. Um, the defense conceded that Scott was cheating on Lacey, mm-hmm. but ridiculed prosecutors' theories that Scott was going to chuck his entire life away okay so so basically they said like well he was cheating so he clearly killed for killed for the new girlfriend so he could be with her and get rid of the wife and kids so he wouldn't have to deal with it and they're like okay yeah he was an asshole who cheated but he didn't murder her for it he wasn't gonna throw everything away just to try and be with this fray girl that he went on four dates with they're like yeah they cheated but she was nothing special that he was ditching the wife and kid for or potential murdering for. Right. That she was just some fling to get to get his you-know-what's off. And Garagos also said that the police had rushed to judgment, uh, noting that the police had discredited Scott's claims that Lacey had been watching a segment of Martha Stewart on making meringue. Because that well, no Well, shit, if it was the wrong channel and the wrong thing she was making, this guy definitely murdered her. Sorry, I'm, I, I just, so far, if everything they've talked about, none of it has conclusively proven that he's murdered her yet. So, do I think he's a super creep and it probably did? Yes. But you guys gotta throw evidence at this dude. Like, crime bosses get off for, like... So they did play the, the episode of Martha Stewart. Okay. And, in fact, there was no mention of Meringue on that episode. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He also said that the the fact of the lack of forensic evidence, which is what you were just talking about, dismissed the hair on Lacey's boat on the boat of Lacey's hair found on the boat because Lacey had visited the day a few days before her disappearance. So so literally, even if she didn't get on the boat, though, she could have been near near him. They were on the boat. He got some of her hair on him, went up on the boat. It fell off or literally like you think about it, it's a boat in the water. It's a simple step over. Maybe she was like, okay, yeah, she got on the boat for a second and said, hey, I was like, okay, cool, babe. Like, no, I'm not going out with you, but yeah, this is a great boat. I'm glad you found something for yourself. And then got off and happened to have a hair. Like, you know, when you're pregnant, you shed a little, right? Like, oh, your yeah. hair comes off. So I mean, well, that's mostly after birth. But... Oh, true. But I mean, like, naturally, you lose thousands you lose of hairs hands. a day. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, I could see how that could be. That, that seems very, like, especially if she was shown to actually be near that boat at some point. That hair could have been from however long ago that she was there. But, but here's what kills me. Because yeah. I think the son of a bitch is guilty. Yes. Right? But there is well, lacks of direct evidence yeah. pointing it to him, period. But still, he got put away. Everything they have, well, for now, yeah. everything they have is circumstantial evidence at this point. Mm-hmm. Both involving his behavior and, you know, where he went after Lacey disappeared. True. So do we get to know what they actually, how, why these people picked it? Like why these people went picked guilty? So I'm not yet. <laughs> Sharon testified, which is her mother. Yes. That when she went to the Berkeley Marina 
to search for Lacey that she saw Scott there. But she stated that even though she was calling for Scott, he would not turn around. When was this? This was the night of her candlelit vigil, apparently. Um, He did not acknowledge her at several calls out and later angled himself away from a hug from her. Well, okay. If this was a night of a vigil, like a candlelit vigil, more than likely at this point, they had also heard about the affair and probably like... But then she wouldn't have gone up to hug him. And she wouldn't have called his name out. Exactly. So So this had to have happened. But then why are you having a vigil? Because a vigil doesn't mean that someone's dead. I thought it was always like a mourning thing. Oh, you're thinking it was just like a let's hopes and prayers. Yes. A vigil does not mean... Thoughts and prayers. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So two other relatives of Lacey said that Scott had shown very little emotion the whole time of her disappearance. Dang. They had seen him golfing and... Wait, whoa, hold on. Three witnesses testified that Scott had told them that he had gone golfing and not fishing after Lacey's appearance. Oh, after Lacey's Mm -hmm. appearance. But he, I mean, technically, yeah, I I don't know. Okay. So this is where the the shady shit starts coming up, right? He purchases a vehicle using his mother's name. He added two pornographic channels to his cable services. A realtor testified that on January 2003 that Scott expressed interest in selling his house that he shared with Lacey, saying that he didn't want her to have to live in the home if found alive. If found alive. Mm-hmm. That's sussy. And a car salesman testified that Scott had traded in Lacey's Land Rover for a Dodge pickup truck. Dang. Okay. So, hear me out. Yeah. Not, like, just trying to play devil's advocate both sides. What if the reason he, because this is at the time, like, one, yes, if he knew she was dead, <clears throat> let's get rid of the house, don't need it. But in all that, did oh, you're he, trying to cover up something. Right? Trying to cover up something, get rid of the mm-hmm. house, get rid mm-hmm. of her Land Rover. Maybe that's the vehicle he took to to transport the body in no, or something. No, because her car was seen at the house all day. Oh, see? But then the next, well, that's just so, there's so many questions. But in all of that. Why not get rid of the boat if that's what you actually moved to to drop her in the water with? Why would you still have the boat? You know what I mean? Like, that part doesn't make sense to me. And then, so my thought was, what if legitimately they, she found out, right? She Mm -hmm. knew about Freya and was just like, you know, F you. Like, I'm tired of this. This is the third time we've had to deal with this. Mm -hmm. And so when he left, it was more like he lied about why they, why he left. It was maybe like, I'm, I have to go. Like she kicked me out for now. Right. And then when he comes back to like get stuff or like cool off, like now he's coming back and he's like, okay, she left. Like she said she was going to leave me and she did it. All her stuff's gone. She must have had someone come pick her up. But none of her stuff was gone. No, no. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe he's like, you know, somebody came and got her, and she's, she's left her me. wallet, her keys, her sunglasses, we're her in a ID, closet in a purse. In a, that's where you put your purse. What? I'm, who puts a purse in a closet? That's weird. Everyone puts their purse in a closet. But if he didn't look for that, how would he know? I, but I why wouldn't you look for that? 
That's true, I guess. I mean, my point was maybe when he first got back, he was just like, okay, she left me. And then maybe, like, So let me just shitty. erase every trace of her and not tell the police that my missing wife left me. Well, so that's just it. Like, maybe he was just like, okay, yeah, we'll leave it this, she'll come back eventually or whatever. And then he was pissed off thinking she was ditching him or he was just like, you know, oh, like, assholes who cheat do. Oh, it's your fault and blaming her. And basically, like, well, then when she comes back here after all this bullshit or whatever from ditching me... Because I cheated on her. You know, there won't be a house. She won't have a car. Like, he thought he was fucking her over in his own way. But again, why lie? I don't know. And why so, not sell the boat that you supposedly ditched the body on? So, you remember Frey? Yes. She testified mm-hmm. on uh, on in, about the affair with Scott. Yes. And the jury finally got to hear that secret conversation that Frey had to... set up with police. Where she said, I'll to... call him and say, hey... Like, what's up? What's going on with your wife? Or, ex? you know, did you do it? To try and see if she could get information, right? And apparently Scott falsely claimed that he was in Paris at the time. What? Mm-hmm. Then as to the Peterson's financial condition, which is what was brought up because of this, their auditor even testified that the prosecution... Uh, to the prosecution that the couple had been living beyond their means. They had accumulated almost $23,000 in credit card debts. Damn. Mm-hmm. And okay. he said that they did, however, pay all of their bills on time. Mm-hmm. And that there was still $20,000 roughly in credit cards that they could spend. Jesus. So they had really good credit, even though they were in debt. And they still paid their bills. Mm-hmm. So do you think that he was aware when she made that call... Do you think he knew that she knew it was him or like, you know what I mean? Like, what, did she play it off? Like, Hey babe, like what's going on? Just trying to talk to him. Wholeheartedly. Like, I don't understand why she's not looked at more. Considered like what if, a suspect. Right? like what, what if, especially if he didn't pursue further or anything, like what if it was her trying to be the one, like I want my man and you're in the way and she took her out. But then why wouldn't he say something? Like I've had an affair with this woman and she's sketchy. Like, maybe you don't want to be accused? I mean, maybe she didn't come off as sketchy at first, and then, like... Yeah, she... I hate that you're making him sound innocent. <laughs> I'm just... I mean, I get why you're doing it, but I can hate it. Because... <laughs> I'm just looking at, like, if I was the lawyer, these are all the points I'd be bringing up to be like, none of this has secluded the actual evidence that he did this crime. Right. And yet he got put away. So, I mean, yeah, is it shitty, and does it sound like he did it? Yes. Do I fully think he did? Yes, I do. But unfortunately, would this should this have held up in court? No. Based on the way our courts are run, no. So they had that evidence about the hair, though. Yes. Being which, on the boat. And then somebody claimed that, oh, yeah, we saw her near the boat. So it could have right. been done before. They So prosecutors were using it as her hair was found. And that's obviously where how her body was dumped, taken out and dumped. But they were able to say that because she had visited the warehouse the and boat. the boat while still alive that it was not submissible in court yes all right so what else did they try to throw at him so prosecuting witness robert o'neill was asked to comment on scott's claim that he used a 90 pound bag of concrete um to make a single anchor and pave the driveway right okay so o'neill said that the materials in the anchor did not match the sample concrete on the driveway Okay, he so said he, it was different. Couldn't have been the same. Couldn't have been the same concrete yeah. bag. And that is because he found large gravel chunks in it that weren't in 
the anchor. Okay, but that to me just seems like, okay, what if you just put gravel chunks in there? So then they got Gambler. He is a concrete expert. Uh And he testifies that the samples were consistent and that the gravel chunks had adhered to the driveway concrete because the concrete had been poured on top of those chunks. So exactly what you said. They were just added in afterwards. But why? then why the sledgehammer? To break up. That's where the chunks probably but were. But then why not dust it away and relay it so it's smooth? I don't know. Sounds like a rush job to me. I don't maybe, know. But it then what would you, like, why rush? Why do it at all? Maybe that's where he killed her and bashed her head in. Wow. With all those people seeing the dog, though, they would have seen And then him. he covered it with concrete. He covered it with new concrete. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Right? I want... I... <laughs> This evidence sucks for being 2003. Right? Like, it's, like, why is this man in jail? I mean, I want him to burn, but why is he in jail? Right. You know? Like, I want him to burn because of how Everything I made saw it, it on sound the news. Like he was extremely, so, so what did they have? They had to have something. Because I know they said they were, oh, well, like, you know, they said they found four or five circles. So clearly it looks, there. I'm guessing their idea was, the they, one of, of them, those circles mm-hmm. were for... Uh, the anchor, and then the other four were for the weighing a body down, which I'm just saying you would probably use four for a boat and one for a body. But anyway, so they're saying that, but then they never found, right? So he also pointed out that there was no such anchors found in their searches on the floor of the San Francisco Bay. Now, they did this with solar equipment that um, is accurate enough to locate a small tin can on the ocean floor. So then you should be able... I mean, to be fair, on that argument, you know, especially if she was dumped somewhere and then they floated in, they could have very been very well been dumped farther out in the ocean and then after they, you know... Oh, that's a point. But, but again, you also didn't find any evidence of that. But then, so, so Jeffrey Bear, who had helped the over 15 diving expeditions off the Berkeley Marina, said, that testified that the... Thick mud, the current, uh, the current, the strong current, and the dark waters was a strong enough surge to make it virtually impossible to find anything, including, as he mentions, he dropped one of those equipments into the ground. And even though they knew exactly where it landed, it took them several hours, even though they knew the s- specific location to find it. Okay, <laughs> that's like, well, it's it's hard for us to find anything. Okay, well, you still didn't find it. Next. No, they did find it. They eventually found that piece. No, no they I'm talking about where it dropped. They're talking. No, no, no. I get that, but I'm saying like, it sounds like he's like, well, yeah, that, uh, that's why we couldn't find this concrete because it's really hard to find. Okay, it was really no. murky and stuff. Okay, but you still didn't. Okay, find Scott it. Peterson. Jesus, I need to start worrying about my life, huh? <laughs> what I'm saying is, yeah, what you're saying is right, but not like that. He's saying that whoa. Although we didn't find it, it doesn't mean that it's not there. Because due to the currents, the muddy waters, and all of this circumstance, it is it could be utterly impossible to find that. True. To find her floating body. But without that, you have zero proof that that actually happened. <gasps> and it's now just speculation <laughs> that that's what those were used for and any of that. Okay, continue. What else did they have? So, then they brought in a hydrologist with the United States Geological Survey. Mm-hmm. Right. And San Francisco witness of the tides of San Francisco. And he testified as a witness for the prosecutor, suggesting that Lacey may have been dumped near where Scott had said he was fishing. During cross-examination, Tang did admit that it was a probable, not a precise. Well, he might have been, you know, fishing in this 
giant scope of the area. And if he was, current's going to push the body there. Okay, but four months mm-hmm. of decomposing in water. That body was Oh, no, their bloated. body, they were anchored. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then they, I mean, they sealed the autopsy report, so we can't even go back and look and right? be like, what did you Right, and I get, like, sealing it up? about, like, the child. But, like, what about her? Like, you would be able to tell. Oh, I think only... both autopsies okay. were sealed. To be fair, I am basing this on TV show references <laughs> that you can tell of if something was chopped or bit away. So mm-hmm. the missing limbs, you they should have been able to say they were missing before or after, or at least be like, okay, well, clearly they were bit. She was eaten by some sort of fish. Like, parts of her were eaten. But, I don't know. The, the fact that they they haven't brought that up yet. But let's see if they do. So Scott's lawyer based his entire defense on the fact that everything was circumstantial evidence. Yeah. They also questioned whether the investigation was thorough enough by the police detectives. Valid. And, um... Now, the Modesto police detective, Mike, admitted that he did not check the alibi of a prostitute who was accused of stealing checks from Scott's mailbox. That was the first time we're hearing of this. Okay. He did not indicate that the woman was a suspect, but then why isn't Frey a suspect? Right? I I hate to say this, but it sounds like they dropped the ball on this because they were so set on making it Scott. Yeah, they even just, if like, Scott did do it. And again, it like basically they were like our gut feeling is telling it's him. Look at all this stuff. Like look at what he did, how he acted. But unfortunately, none of that proves that he. So did they it. did state that the it was not necessary because to to investigate her because the checks were stolen after Lacey had okay. disappeared. Okay, so it didn't necessarily avoid that she had. Anything to do with it. Anything to do with the disappearance, yeah. Now, the defense suggested that the fetal remains were full term. Now, this is what gets me. They theorized that someone kidnapped Lacey, led her, held her until she gave birth, and then dumped both bodies into the bay. But they said the baby wouldn't even... So the, I mean, if they did, like, say... And there's been suspects or people who have done that, where they've kidnapped pregnant people and held them to term. So what if the baby did die in utero... So the, and then when the baby came out, or they finally said, it's been time, and they, hear me out, they cut her open to take the baby. So it, the prosecutor uh, examiner uh-huh. states that the baby was not full term, and that oh. it died at the same time as her mother, as his oh. mother, sorry. Okay. But we don't actually know when that happened, because the bodies were so decomposed and fucked up. Now, Charles March, a fertility specialist, was expected to be a crucial witness for the defense, um, March said that the Peterson's unborn baby could not have died any earlier than December 29th. But um, under cross-examination, March said he had based his findings on a report by one of Lacey's friends, who said that Lacey had told her that on June 9th, 2002, at a home pregnancy test, had produced a positive reading. What? What does that have to do with saying the baby couldn't have died before a certain time? Because of the... Time of death, or oh, the, the, like the, the development, development at death. Of the baby. Yes. Oh, okay. So they said it couldn't have died any earlier than December so that means 29th, she which would is have been five at least days alive. after. So I mean, and technically saying that, like, okay, well, she died. The baby died when she did. Doesn't necessarily mean that she wasn't taken for a certain time before. Because again, water decomposes the body faster. Literally one month in water could probably have caused the decomposition that they saw. The bloating, fish eating, things like that could have all happened one month underwater. Exactly. Again, but speculation now, based on TV. Exactly. But prosecutors criticized March for having relied on a friend's report. 
And they criticized March for a typo in his report. And he remarked, why don't you cut me some slack? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, <laughs> why don't you cut me some slack? I mean, it's a murder case, but we can't really cut you any slack here. Uh, yeah, we kind of need you to be either super precise to either put this guy away, or if you're not super precise, one, it could not put him away, or two, it could, you know, prove the opposite, so. Exactly. Well, there's no cutting slack here, buddy. They're gonna tell you you're not super precise, which is why your shit doesn't make sense, and doesn't fit, or, you know, they're gonna try to overlook the fact that you weren't super precise, so, you can't say give me some slack. Okay, let's hear about the verdict. So, during deliberations. Yes. One juror was removed for misconduct after she conducted individual research on the case. You can't do that as a juror. Mm-hmm. The jury foreman, also an attorney, then represented his own removal, most likely because his fellow jurors wanted to replace him as foreman. Okay. So he, uh, Gerardus told reports that the foreman had mentioned threats he'd received and had requested to be removed from the jury. So this so, the whole fucking thing is a shit show. Yeah, so as what, a juror you're being threatened. But like which way are you being threatened? If you, you don't, don't put him away? They don't say. Right? Like if you don't put him away you're going to be sorry or like it, the fact that you're saying he shouldn't be put away like you know if you don't acquit him but they clearly they don't. So if the, I right. feel like the threats would have had been made as if you or you keep saying this isn't enough evidence, and if you don't turn your thing around, we're gonna make it right because acting. it's it would have resulted in a hung jury. Yeah, and then he would have walked away. Anyway. And he would have walked away. Yeah. So, but what? What about all of this information has made other jurors so positive he did it? The media. I'm telling you right now, it's media. Yeah. Because that's I to this day you can't convince me he didn't do it. Yeah. Even though you're telling me this is all circumstantial evidence, and you're fucking right, I see it. He's still guilty. Yeah. And in mean, my eyes, he is a guilty man. To be fair, like, it looks like he did. I mean, it does still look like he did, but I understand what you're saying, how it shouldn't, it should not hold up in court. Yes. He did it, but it doesn't hold up in court, so he shouldn't be. And I mean, right there's now. plenty of people who get away with that shit because of that example. And what pisses me off even more is if he gets out, right, and they say that they were wrong, mm-hmm. and they let him out, he can look at a camera and say, I murdered Lacey. And they can't do anything about it. And we can't fucking touch him because of double jeopardy. Yeah. So, um, November 12th was his conviction, right? They convicted Scott on two counts of murder. First degree murder with special circumstances for the killing of Lacey. And second degree murder for killing the fetus that she was carrying. Connor. I hate when they say fetus. It was Connor. Yeah. Um, the penalty phase of the trial began on November 30th and then concluded on December 13th when the juror rendered the sentence of death. Okay. So they said we need to restrict kill him. Yep. So on March 16th, the judge followed the jury's verdict, sentencing Scott to death by lethal injection and ordering him to pay $10,000 towards the cost of Lacey's funeral, calling Lacey's murderer cruel, uncaring, and heartless. Okay, but none of the evidence showed that he did it. Mm -hmm. Everything they've talked about, unless there's some evidence they're not telling us, Nothing here has shown that he actually did any crime other than being a shitty fucking person. So later, mm-hmm. several members of the jury um, spoke and mm-hmm. stated that Scott's lack of demeanor and emotion during the trials and following Lacey's disappearance had indicated that he was guilty, especially after hearing the phone call with Frey. 
We, do we, we never got to hear the phone call with Freddie. No. Juror uh-huh. number one and two other jurors said they based their entire verdict on hundreds of small puzzle pieces of circumstantial evidence that came out during the trial. From the location of Lacey's body to the um, lies her husband told right after her disappearance. Okay, like I get that and that's why he seems in totally active, like guilty, but you're not supposed to convict somebody based on that. Okay, but. Let me hear on October 21st, 2005, the judge ruled that the proceeds from the $250,000 life insurance policy that Scott took out on Lacey would go to Lacey's mother, which was reaffirmed by the 5th District Court of Appeals on October 31st, 2007. Dang. So there was a... But I guess now the next question is, see, this is shit. TV's a tummy. If there was a, that's one of the things you look into. He pulled she, out, yeah. Dude, when she's, when did he pull that out? How long ago? Like, were there certain, like, conditions that had to be met or not met, like, to in order to get this? You know what I mean? Like, that's all stuff you could look at to be like, look, he pulled this out two weeks before. He did this. Like, again, circumstantial evidence that, sure, maybe they just happened to talk about it at that time, but at least it gives a better idea. I, I don't know. Still nothing here has said, without a shadow of a doubt, he killed this person. He killed Lacey. So Scott arrived March 17th, 2005 at the San Quentin County Prison. Mm-hmm. Um, he reported not to have slept the night before being being too jazzed to sleep. Isn't jazz usually something you use when like you're like hyper? excited, right? Yeah. More than 700 other inmates in California Soul death row during their appeals transaction. So he did appeal it instantly. Yeah. He appealed the course for his his death sentence. It was filed to the Supreme Court on July 5th, 2012. The next day, Scott's attorney, Cliff Gardner, filed 423-page briefing um, arguing that the publicity surrounding the trial incorrect evidence had been an unfair ruling for scott i mean it sounds like that right considering like as much as i hate it it does yeah nothing nothing on there as much as i wholeheartedly believe that scott killed Lacey. yeah there's no evidence that should that he should be guilty our judicial system failed him even though he killed Lacey. yeah our yeah our judicial system yeah, yeah, basically. I still feel There's, he killed Lacey. There's a wholehearted belief in my soul yeah. that he murdered his wife. Why? I don't know. Maybe it was the girlfriend and it was never investigated because they were so fucking honed on Scott. Yeah. And if that's the case, like, Lacey's murderer was, is walking around free today. Right? I mean, maybe it was a together thing. Maybe they both went maybe, together to do it. And then she, what, accused him so that he would go to jail instead of her? Yeah. Throw she him under the turned, bus. Okay, yeah. Okay, but what, do we find out at all why they are trying to overrun it today? So on August 24th, 2020, in a 7-0 decision, the Supreme Court of California upheld Scott's convention, conviction, but they overturned the death sentence. Oh, wow. So, so like, the well, court guilty, found that Scott's trial judge had improperly dismissed jurors who opposed of the capital punishment Without asking them whether or not they could set their views aside. Interesting. So he wanted... Death penalty. The death penalty for him. And any juror that he felt wasn't going to give the death penalty, he got rid of. 
Dang. Okay. That's sus. Right? Uh, Justice Leonard explained that per the Supreme Court ruling since 1968, jurors may not be excused merely for opposing, uh, merely for their opposition to the death penalty. Yeah. Okay, but none of this proves that he did it. <laughs> nothing. Nothing proves that he did it. On September 22nd, 2001, Supreme Court Judge Anne Christine ruled that Scott was would be resentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Dang. Now, mind you, this happened just in years ago. 2021, so two years ago. Yeah, tw- almost 20 years after the whole case. Looking at the evidence on the case as a judge, you're, f- again, failing the system. There's no proof. Yeah. I mean, unless they've changed unless how the system a, works and they're like, yeah, unless it's... I mean, it's... I always was taught it was against a reasonable, like, uh, without reasonable doubt or whatever, like, without proof that they did it. So, like, shit, you're telling me if a whole town doesn't like me, they're going to accuse me of murder and I'm going to go to jail? And they come in and be like, yeah, she was a shitty person. Yep, we didn't like her. Yeah, we saw her doing this and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. Right? And I hate Scott. Yeah. <laughs> I know he did it, even though there's no proof. Yeah. And is it that the, literally there's no proof because you, d- you didn't search the house. You didn't check for blood splattered throughout the house. Right. What, uh, he fixed the concrete. Why? Why now? Why was it so rushed? Why didn't he wipe away the dirt? Like, these are questions that I have as, like, someone who's in-depth in criminal investigation. Like, I want to know everything. I've seen a ton of shows. Right. Like, what happened Right. Why here? didn't you look more into the... the uh his affair uh, person at the time was she aware i know you say that she wasn't aware or whatever that he lied said he was you know gonna be a widower but like clearly she found out he wasn't but like what if she knew beforehand what if she was the reason like you know what how much did she know about this so okay anything else okay so it says on october 22nd scott was moved from the san quentin death row to mole creek state prison um, in Lone, California. Now, he filed a Habiz petition in November 2015. Um, supposedly, while the direct appeal could only challenge errors made by the trial judge, Scott's petition could include new evidence, among other bases of, for relief. Oh, okay. So, but I'm still trying to figure out... What the new evidence is. What the new evidence is. And it also states that um, why the Los Angeles innocents took them up. I don't know. Right. So this is still an ongoing insane trial of a man who may be innocent and has been in jail for, what, 20 years? Yeah. That's insane. And so as of right now, we know that the LA have taken up his case, the LA Innocence Program, has taken up the case. It's a pro bono company. And they're working on looking into leads that the police failed to. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, to me, it seems like you just kind of have to show the fact that none of this proved he did it. And there are some witnesses but... who are saying that they won't even talk about the case. Because of how Because of how high it profile it was. Yeah. Which just further proves that Peterson didn't have a fair trial. Yeah. But although we all feel very strongly that he did but well all the circumstantial evidence if it was if it was able to hand up in court that man murdered his wife yeah but But they literally had no murder weapon they had no idea how she was killed 
They have no idea exactly how he transported the body. Had no idea how he exactly how he got rid of the body. Well, she had no man-made wounds on her. They said. on just the torso part that they found. Yes, but there's you know he could have stabbed her in the head or smashed her head and then oh. got rid of the head. Yeah, and sorry, I know that's gross, but I'm just saying like there's there's possibilities. What are your guys? That he thoughts? still could have done it, but as of for me. I still have zero, nothing showed. No concrete. No (laughs) concrete, no concrete evidence how he actually murdered her. He just seems like a really weird dude for the shit he did afterwards. And yeah, all of that makes him seem hella guilty, but nothing actually put a weapon or, or murder device, anything in his hand of saying, this is how he transferred her for sure. This is how he, you know, killed her. This is where he got rid of, you know. Everything was just like, oh, he happened to be there. He happened to be there. That happened to happen. Well, bottom line, circumstantial evidence should never hold up in court. You need solid evidence of a murder. They didn't have it. And they didn't have it. But let us know what you guys think down below. Uh, If you're on YouTube, I don't know if you can comment wherever else it's going to be posted. But (laughs) let us know what you guys think. Who else do you want us to get on next? Yes. And what's going to happen with Scott Peterson? Is he about to be released after 20 years? Right. We'll definitely keep you guys posted once we find and out more. And if he is innocent, who the fuck killed Lacey and Connor? Yeah. That's a whole other can of worms to be opened. That may never be solved now because they were so gung-ho, gung-ho on this Scott asshole. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, definitely subscribe and follow us. So you guys can find out more of what we do and, and how we do it. If you like us just hanging out and chatting. You know, we, we love hanging out and chatting too. So definitely follow and do all that fun stuff. So thank you guys for listening. We love you guys. Love you. Hope you enjoy the show. Bye.